Father, once again, we are in your presence. We just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. We just want to worship you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We commit this day, this time into thy hands. Whatever time zone your children are listening from, Lord, we commit this time, this hour, and ourselves into thy hands, Spirit of God. Come, Lord Jesus. Touch us, sanctify us, speak to us, strengthen us, empower us, O oh Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you. Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Was it on Tuesday? We looked at Judges, right? We go back to Judges chapter 1. We had looked on Tuesday at Judges Chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Judah shall go first. Right? And uh, Simeon, he takes him along. Praise and hearing goes together. We looked at that on Tuesday. Today we will look from verse 5 to 7. And they found Adoni Bezek in Bezek and fought against him. And they defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Then Adoni Bezek fled and they pursued him, caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. And Adoni Bezek said, 70 kings were with their thumbs and big toes cut off, used to gather scraps under my table. And as I have done, so God has repaid me. Then they brought him to Jerusalem. And there he died. Okay. Judges is one of the best books to study if you want to look at what's happening with contemporary society or contemporary U.S. especially. Because Israel and U.S. are like two sides of the same coin. And if you, and primarily the church. Okay, but the, the church and Gentile nations are not so similar because we have always been under oppression like the church in India. 2,000 years of oppression. It has really never come out of it. It's really never known a season where it was not oppressed. I mean, the real church, the remnant that was trying to proselytize, that was trying to preach the gospel, was always oppressed everywhere. But we are talking about in the Western system and the last fortress almost gone, standing, believing for a miracle. And if you look at the pattern of... Israel's history, especially in the book of Judges, you will see sin, suffering, supplication, and salvation. This is the circle they go through. Okay, America is in the point of suffering. Whether there is supplication enough, we don't know. Okay, there are two things that, two cups, if you want to say, like that is there, metaphorically speaking, before God. One is the cup of iniquity, and when it fills, judgment begins, and the cup where he collects the tear, tears of his saints. When that fills, we do not know. God moves on behalf of his saints. So whether enough tears have been collected in that cup, we do not know. Okay. So we go to words five onwards. The battle has begun. Now Judah and Simeon have gone together and they found Adoni Bezek in Bezek. Okay. And they fought against him. They defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And Adonibezek, that's their leader, the king, fled. And they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. This is symbolic. Okay, 
they took off his thumb and they took off his big toes. Basically, primarily we use two terms. When your thumbs are taken off, you are disabled. When your toes are taken off, you are unstable. Okay. Disabled and unstable. If you look at him as a king, as a warrior, as a soldier, he would no longer hold a sword. You need the thumb to hold a sword. He will no longer hold a bow or draw an arrow. Back the string. He will never be able to hold or throw a javelin or a spear. Okay? Toes, he has become unstable. He can't walk like he ever walked before. He cannot march to battle. He cannot run against his enemies. He cannot jump in onto his horse or his chariot. Okay? The Bible says, he says in verse 7, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off used to gather scraps under my table. This is what Adoni Bezek did to 70 kings. Okay, 70 kings. 70 is a number in the Bible. Okay, 70 represents the leadership. In primarily, it is spiritually speaking, this is what Adoni Bezek did to the church. Okay, there's a law of retribution. Now it's coming back to him. But remember, this is what Adoni Bezek has done to the church. Cut the thumbs off and toes off. And if you look at people, if you look at the church, there are very few who are able to consistently sustain the battle like Paul does, all the way from the beginning till the end. I have fought the good fight of faith. All who begin somewhere along the way, Adonibazai comes and takes their thumbs and toes off. And after that, you look, their walk is unstable and they are, and they are disabled from it. They are, they are good people. But when it comes to this battle, this spiritual battle against powers of darkness that are against the church, they are not able to fight. That is gone. That's what he's talking about. They ate scraps under my table. They ate scraps under my table. <clears throat> we are children of God. We are children of the covenant. Remember when David comes into the battlefield and Goliath comes and challenges? You have a whole set of people whose, whose spiritual thumbs and toes have been cut off. Okay? Including the king. And nobody is able to see. You know why? Because they have forgotten their covenant. Who they are as children of the covenant. They have forgotten their covenant. But when David comes into the picture, the first thing he remembers is the covenant. Who is this uncircumcised man? That's where he goes. Because circumcision is the sign of the covenant. He says, this guy has no covenant. We are people of the covenant. How dare he come against my God, our God. The first thing that he remembers is covenant. In First Samuel chapter 20, verses 14 to 15, This is David and Jonathan make a covenant. This is Jonathan to David. You shall not only show me the kindness of the Lord while I still live that I may not die, but you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. Jonathan knows, intuitively he knows. He will die. David will be king. And he's making a covenant. Jonathan is making a covenant with David after I am gone. Please show kindness to my generations, to my house. Second Samuel chapter 9 verses 1 to 4. 
It's a covenant. And then 9 and 10. <clears throat> David said, Is there anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? He remembers his covenant. And there is a servant in the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of God? The kindness of God, not the kindness of man, understand. And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. And the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Makir, the son of Amel in Lodebar. What is he? The son of a king, a son of the covenant. And he has no clue of the covenant his father has made with King David. And where is he living? He's living somewhere in the wilderness, eating scraps of the floor. Yes. In verse 9 and 10. And king said to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to his house. You therefore, your sons and your servants, shall work the land for him. You shall bring him in the harvest. Your master's son may have food to eat, but Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. This is for the covenant. Okay, 70 kings are eating scraps under his table. You know why? Because their thumbs and their toes have been cut off. Has been. They have been disabled and they are unstable. And God says, do you know who you are? Do you know God? He says, do you know who you are? Are you able to fight? This is battle. Or have you been disabled? Do you know that you are children of the covenant? That you eat bread from the father's table? You eat bread from the father's table? That's what he's talking about, no? Christian life is not like the worldly life. Even the worldly prosperity and the worldly riches and all, even if a Christian has, it means nothing in the kingdom of God because we have been called to war. And a soldier, it doesn't matter what all he has in his house, his everything comes from the battlefield. His glory comes from the battlefield. His glory doesn't come from the land. It comes from the battlefield. And that's what God is talking about. Look at another child of the covenant. Luke 16 verses 19 onwards. Luke 16. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Do you know who he is? He's the son of Abraham, a son of covenant. You know what is he eating? He's eating crumbs from the table. All he gets is when he dies, he goes on to paradise. But he has nothing, no victory here, except the fruit of salvation. Nothing. You know what he's doing? He's eating crumbs from the table. You know why? He was disabled. It's not that he's unsaved. He's saved but he has been disabled and made unstable. <clears throat> this is the picture we see in the book of Judges, spiritual pictures God is saying. This is how the devil, <clears throat> through ignorance, overcomes the children of God. And the Bible says we are not ignorant about the wiles of the enemy. See, this is the fundamental problem of the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel <clears throat> looks at material riches as a sign of victory. You can have all that and be spiritually be disabled. That you do not count anything in the kingdom of God. You do not count anything. You know, just when Peter was worshipping, this is just 
<clears throat> what the Lord told me, and I just wrote it because sometimes I forget, so I have to write it down immediately. Okay, this is another message for another day because He just gave it to me five minutes before we started. <clears throat> we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And God was saying, if you want to know what spiritual blessing is, he says, read the Beatitudes. Meaning, this is how I have blessed you in the spiritual realm. You are in Christ if you believe you are poor in the spirit, you are meek, you are all that, that, the Beatitude. That is spiritual blessing. He says, in the old covenant, I promise them blessings. If you believe me, if you obey me, these are the blessings that will pursue. In the new covenant, I don't promise you blessings. The blessings I promise you are this. And if you walk in it, what you live is signs and wonders and not blessings. And he says in Acts chapter 2, the, when the fear of the Lord came upon the congregation and the apostles did great signs and wonders in their midst. He says the new covenant life is not a life of blessings. That's the old covenant life. The new covenant life is a life of signs and wonders. And he said, that's how my son walked on earth. From the day he stepped forward, all they saw in his life was a sign and a wonder. He was not walking in blessing. He was a blessing. The nature of him was the nature of the spiritual blessing. And I thought, ooh, I need to write it down before I forget. You know? <clears throat> and we have to, we have to change our mind. Otherwise we'll go back in the Old Testament pattern and we will be totally be disabled in this. Because in the Old Testament it was different. Their entire life was centered over a land. <clears throat> and everything was earthly. New covenant, nothing is earthly for us. Everything is centered in a city that is coming. And therefore we are fighting for it. Fighting to bring the kingdom of God here. You know? So here is he. Okay? The Bible is saying, sons of the covenant, eating scraps under the table. And we said we should not be ignorant of the wiles of the enemy. We are ignorant of the actually, like the old covenant people died because of, were destroyed because of their ignorance of the old covenant. We are destroyed because of the ignorance of the new covenant. And the Bible says, be careful, otherwise he will disable you. And you will be unstable. The thing is that the church has been disabled or defeated through ignorance and disobedience. Look at the picture of the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1-2. Spiritually, it still matters to us. It shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. That principle still stands. Today all our victories comes because we diligently obey the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Holy Spirit still speaks to us. And God says, if you listen to the leading of my Holy Spirit and you obey his voice, Christ will take you in triumph in every place and every time. There's no defeat. The Holy Spirit doesn't know defeat. He cannot be defeated. You are defeated because you don't listen to his voice or we do not obey his voice. You see, the church too has been disabled and in our walk we have been made unstable because we don't listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened to Israel in the book of Judges. That is what you see. Okay, and now turning it around. Okay, now turning it around. The Bible says, 
Jesus says, this Adoni Bezek, meaning God of lightning, was my old man. He resided inside me. I was the son of Lucifer before I became the son of God. I was the child of the devil before I became the child of God. You know what? Now we need to do to Adonibezek what the devil did to us. Matthew 18 and verse 8. Jesus goes beyond a thumb and a toe. He said, if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Okay, God goes beyond what Adonibezek does, or he, he was done to him. He said, don't just stop with your toe or your thumb. Cut off your whole hand. Yeah, that's enough. Your whole hand and your whole foot. He said, cut the whole thing off. What is God talking about? God says you need to be spiritually violent in these things. Turn to Ephesus, the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22. Just five verses we'll look. That you put off, cut off, instead of put off, let's use cut off. Concerning your former conduct, the old man, who is this? Adonibezek, which goes corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying. Why? Because the devil is a liar. And the old man in me is a liar. Putting away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another. Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And verse 7 says, do not give place to the devil. And give to the place to the Don't give place to Adonibese. Cut off the whole old man off. Allow the Holy Spirit to work and cut the old man off. Remember this. God is not interested in a makeover. Salvation is not a makeover. Salvation is a new man, completely new man. And the new man has to take the sword and cut off everything of Adonibezek off, his feet and his leg off. It's not that he's, he is disabled. You take his thumb off, he still has four fingers left. He has cut his hand off. You took his tough toe off, he still has four toes left and he still will walk. Unbalanced but walk, he says, no, cut his feet off. He's not interested in a makeover. He's interested in something which is a completely new way of life. That's a struggle. And so much of the letters we got from our pastors around the world, genuine confessions, they were all writing today to me. And uh, But that's our struggle. Our struggle is that we are still trying to walk in the old man and the new man together. That's the instability. We haven't cut off Adonibezek's hand off. We haven't cut off Adonibezek's leg off. And we have to learn to walk in a new way completely. The old foot is cut off and God is giving us new feet. In Second Corinthians 5, 7, when the old man, you know, for we walk by faith. Earlier we walked by sight. Adonibezek, the old man walked by sight. The new man walks by faith. It's a completely new. We have to learn. You see, when you have, what do you use that word? Prosthetic, if I'm right. Feet. Yeah? When that is done and they gave you artificial feet, you know, you have to learn to walk with it. Completely all over again. Though you must, let us say you are a soldier in Afghanistan. You walked, you ran, you did all that, and then in the IED explosion, you lost your foot. 
Okay, and then you come back, you have the surgery and you're given this artificial, this thing. This man who was valiant has to learn at that age to walk all over again. And then you know, but he, some of them are so good that they can run faster than us on a prosthetic legs. You see their Olympics and all. Okay, and God says that's the thing. You walked by sight. And you were good in your sight. You were strong in your flesh. But when you came to the Lord with the sword of the spirit, I cut your foot off. Now you learn to walk a new way completely. You have to learn step by step. Go back to the basics in the word of God, into the kingdom of God. Learn to walk step by step. The, the old hand of flesh has been cut off completely and has been replaced by the hand of the spirit. Okay, and the hand of the spirit is different. The hand of faith is different because Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17 says, only that hand, the hand of the, you know, 5, uh, 6, 17, sorry, not 5, 6, 6, 17. Only the hand of the spirit can wield the sword of the spirit. Much of the things which we do does not have any effect. It is because it's the hand of the old man who's holding the word of God. And it does not have power. It does not have power. Because you, the old man speaks the word, the devil also will speak the word back to you. The devil is only worried about this when it is because the word of the spirit. Word of the spirit. The hand of the spirit has to wield the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, when it becomes a spiritual. So God says, it's important, stand firm. Stand with feet of faith. And he says, you can march in faith. You can run. You can jump. That's how the Gideon 300 stood. They stood there for unshakable, unmovable. They stood. Bible says David ran towards Goliath. How can a young boy run towards a giant and his army is behind you? One boy running towards, he was not running towards Goliath. He was running towards an army. How did he run? To his feet of faith. Listen to David in Psalm 18, 28 and 29. 28 and 29. For you will light my lamp. Yesterday we looked at light and darkness. And my God will light, enlighten my darkness. And what will I do? For by you I can run against a troop. That's what he did. Literally his first time he's shown, revealed to Israel, he ran against a troop. We see only Goliath. But Goliath is standing in the front of an entire army. And all of Israel is standing far away. A boy runs against a troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. Leap over a wall. That's what he's talking about. This is feet of faith. These are the hands of the spirit. These are not hands of flesh. And God is, whether you believe it or not, God is raising up a troop. In these last days, he's raising up a troop. And uh, the word talks about, the book of Joel talks about that troop. They leave nothing behind. When they march in the spiritual realm, when you look back, everything is burned up. And they mark like a formation. They don't jostle against each other. Everybody is very clear. They know exactly what God has called to do them. There is no enmity. There is no jealousy. There is no jostling each other. They are marching in formation. And God is racing up from around the world. He's racing up his final army. And they are rising. And that's 
the picture is given there. It's not that David actually jumped over a wall or anything, but this is a prophetic picture. So the last day's battle God is giving through his prophets, the spirit of Christ in David is speaking. For by you, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. And verse 18 and verse 33. Sorry, same term, Psalm 18 and verse 33. Yeah, sorry, Psalm 18 and verse 33. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on high places. When he takes away the foot of flesh and gives you the foot of the spirit, this is what he says. He says, he makes my feet like the feet of the deer and sets me on high places. Sure-footed. Okay, sure-footed. In this world which is absolute darkness, he lightens my path, meaning in this walk you are absolutely sure-footed. You know exactly how to move ahead with God because God takes you. Psalm 40 and verse 2. This is the sword of the Spirit, the feet of the Spirit. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and he established my steps. Okay? We are looking at the old man, Adonibezek. We have to cut his feet off. We have to cut his hand off, just not his toes and thumb. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us to walk by our new feet and function by our new hands which he has given us. He established my steps. And Psalm 118 and verse 10. All the nations surrounded me. If you want to know the truth about the church, this is the truth about the church. All the nations surround the church. There's not a single church, nation which is truly, truly, um, truly what you call uh, uh, Christian. Not It's just not hostile to the real church. Poland may say Jesus is Lord. But remember, Poland is almost 90% Catholic. You be an evangelical Pentecostal over there, they will turn hostile. They will turn hostile. So we will say, oh, Poland has passed some uh, law saying Jesus is the king of Poland. You try to go and preach the real Jesus there and you'll realize the hostility that will rise. There is not a single nation. You try to go to Israel and try to give the gospel to a Jew and see what will happen. There is not a single nation which is not hostile to the gospel. And the Bible says, all nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Meaning it's not people, the powers of darkness from all this nation. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We can cut off the hands and the feet of Adonibesek in the spirit only. Then coming back to Judges 1. Six and seven. That's where we were. Okay. Now you will see why we fail. Why we fail. Okay. Look at Israel. Adonibezek fled and they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. And Adonibezek said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off used to gather scraps under my table. As I have done, so God has repaid me. At least there is some remorse in him before he dies. Then they brought him to Jerusalem and there he died. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 1 and 2. Verse 
when the lord your god brings you into the land which you go to possess remember you are not going to occupy you're going to possess you're going to possess that land and has cast out many nations before you what does the lord want you to do cast out the nations before you the hittites the girgasites the amorites the canaanites the perizzites the hivites and the jebusites seven nations greater and mightier than you understand the powers of darkness are greater than us Though Jesus has disabled them, that does not mean we are more powerful than them. Otherwise, Jesus will not say to pray, lead me not to temptation, deliver me from the power of the evil one. Mm-hmm. Why do we pray that every day? Because they have power. They are greater than us and only in God can we dispossess them. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, what are you supposed to do? You shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show them mercy to them. Look, read verse 2 again. The direction, the command is very clear. When the Lord your God delivers them over to you, he will give you victory. What shall you do? You shall conquer them. You shall utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. Now you go back to Judges 1, 6 and 7. When they found him, yeah, 6 and 7, yeah. They pursued him. What did they do? Did they utterly destroy him? No. No. The beginning, the battle in disobedience. You know what verse 7 says? They brought him to? Does not say they killed him. He died, probably of an infection. You see, this is the issue. This is the issue. God does not want showmanship. He wants obedience. He did not, he's made it very clear, don't add or subtract. He didn't tell them when you cast them, cut their toes off and their thumbs off. He didn't say, he said, utterly destroy them. He didn't say, don't negotiate. Basically, he's telling us in the new come, don't negotiate with sin. Don't negotiate with, don't trim. Cut it off completely. Lay the axe to the roots. Axe to the roots. He says, if you do not lay the axe to the roots, you know what? You may think, uh, you are an overcomer. Yes, the devil may be a little unstable and a disabled, but remember this is a spiritual enemy. He can grow his thumbs and his toes back. This is not a physical enemy. His thumbs and his toes will come back. That is why the axe has to be laid to the root. You just cut the trunk off, next season it will come off. You cut trim the branches off, it will come back again. And this is what they did with Adoni Bezak. It was God in his sovereignty who intervened and caused him to die. They didn't kill him. They didn't kill him. In some of our cases, what I says, God in his sovereignty has killed the sin. Us. We lost the desire for the sin. We didn't kill it. We lost the capacity to sin in those areas. He didn't, we didn't kill it. He sovereignly intervened and took it out. That is what happened. What they were supposed to do, God did it. God did it. But they're not starting well. They're not starting well. After tonight, all those who are listening, go back and read the entire chapter. And what is this? Every tribe, it is written, almost every tribe it is written, they did not utterly cast out the inhabitants. What is that? Partial obedience. And partial obedience is disobedience. It is just a matter of time before your enemies will overpower you. Why is you as where it is? They are where they are, it is. It's not because they did not obey. They did not obey God fully. 
And now you know what? The enemies have overwhelmed them. They have come to a point where the enemies are ruling. And God said, don't add or subtract to what he says. You know what? These are the lessons we learn from the Bible. One of my, oh my, one of my favorite American. It's very funny, right? I who have never gone to U.S. sometimes know more about U.S.'s history than they do. One of my favorite, and most Americans don't even know about him. One of my favorite, and this was in school. Couldn't believe it in school. One of my favorite American generals was a general called Douglas MacArthur. He was the COC of the Pacific during the Second World War, and they used to call him the American Caesar. And I, I loved these leaders. I was always in the military, reading up all this. Okay, look at one of his statements, General MacArthur. How? How relevant is what he said today? In this day of gathering storms, this is a Second World War general, okay, one of the greatest American generals. In this day of gathering storms, as moral deterioration of political power spreads its growing infection, it is essential that every spiritual force be mobilized to defend and preserve the religious base upon which this nation is founded. For it has been the base which has been the motivating impulse to our moral and national growth. History fails to record a single precedent in which nations subject to moral decay have not passed into political and economic decline. There has been either a spiritual reawakening to overcome the moral lapse or a progressive deterioration leading to ultimate national disaster. Exactly what has happened. It's a prophetic general, okay? And you know what the truth is? Post-Second World War, America has never won a single war. You know why? Because they lost their moral compass. A nation that is under God, if they lose sight of God, they will not win battles. A person who has taken the name of Jesus Christ, man or woman, if you lose your moral compass, your, your, your allegiance to the flag of heaven, you will not win your spiritual battles. You will not win. That's what happened. That's why we are not a political force. The church is a spiritual voice. What is our voice? Our voice is that if America has to, we are not even looking for, we are crying out for mercy. We are asking for reprieve. Because it, it will be gone. Ultimately it will be gone. All the nations will be gone. Why are we crying for a reprieve? And the only way possible for a reprieve is there is a spiritual awakening. Nothing else. A complete, total spiritual awakening is the only thing. That's why we are crying out for mercy. Because the church's hope is not in this world. Be very careful. It's not in this world. Our hope is in the kingdom that is coming. Away from the presence of sin. Please understand that. This is the saints of the yesteryears. When Paul says, for me to live or die is gain, actually I'm longing to go. Peter is saying, I'm longing to put away the tail. What are they talking about? We just want to get away from the presence of sin and to be in the presence of the Lord. Any Christian who likes still being in the world is not even really battling sin. It's not really. Sin is not his great enemy. 
Sin is not what he sees as his mortal enemy. Okay, that's why he said to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. So we have to be very, very careful. What are we fighting for? What are we fighting for an awakening? Because the Bible says, if we go over there to Peter, you know, the, the church is the only entity which has the power to deal with time, the hastening. Yeah, Second Peter. I brought the other Bible. Got it? Hastening of the Lord. Yeah. Chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. One. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? In holy conduct, which is a new man, and godliness, looking for, what are we looking for? That's the question. What are we looking for? The kingdom that is coming. And hastening, hastening, speeding. You can speed time. The church is the only entity on planet earth which has the capacity to speed the end of time. Hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. Because of which the heavens will be dissolved. The day of the Lord is a terrible day. But it's an incredible day for the church. So if you are looking for the... They will mock us saying you are looking for the pie in the sky. Yeah, we are looking for the pie in the sky. My pie is in the sky, not in the oven. For you, the oven is kept. When the heavens and the earth will be melted. Okay, But for us, our pie is in the sky. That is what we are looking. That doesn't mean we are lazy over here, more active than anybody else. We are actively involved in hastening the coming of the Lord, the day of the Lord, hastening. So when we are praying, we are praying for a reprieve. Lord, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Because it is not a political awakening. It's not an economic awakening. The stock market can go off the roof. It makes no difference to most of the people. It makes no difference. You can have an economic book and go to hell in a handbasket. Okay? None of these things make any difference to a nation. A nation's beginning should be spiritual. What we need is a spiritual reawakening from top to bottom. We need a spiritual reawakening. Otherwise, what will happen? Adoni Bezek will be eating scraps under the table. Remember the sin of Phoenician Canaanite woman? You know what she said? She said, even dogs eat scraps. You know who eats scraps? Dogs eat. Not the children of God. Children of God eat bread at the Father's table. Okay? A table. Their thumbs are not cut off. Their toes are not cut off. They have cut off the toes of Adoni Bezek. Okay? So please remember, we need to very, 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 very careful the spiritual first. Okay, so I know my I know my job in the kingdom. My task is clearly cut off. It is to raise up a generation of spiritual leaders in every sphere. Whatever sphere you look in the world, economic, politic, entertainment, news media, ministry, our job is very clear. Servants of God is to raise up spiritual leaders in every place who know who they are. Their allegiance is to Christ in every field. Because when you are talking about a spiritual awakening, it has to encompass the whole nation. 
it should go in and touch where even hollywood will have an alternate voice news media will have an alternate and they are spiritual they are spiritual they are not ashamed of christ they are not ashamed of praying taking the name of christ they are not ashamed they will pray in the middle of a broadcast we see an issue they will say let us pray they are not ashamed they are not ashamed you look in gentile countries like india and all they are not ashamed you know how they come with all the religious this thing and they will use happily use the name of all their gods but christians are very ashamed and they are the mutinous networks are hostile if you bring the name of christ but a day will come when nobody will be ashamed anywhere to take up there will be no cancel culture it will be the other way around the people will be canceling out the secular culture canceling out the secular culture and we have to come to that day but that's only a reprieve after that the kingdom of the lord has come so we need to be careful about it but this is when our obedience will be complete now as i close let's go to luke 10 verses 17 to 20 adonibezek is the lord of lightning god of lightning and he is the old man inside whom satan controlled birthed by satan lived with satan controlled by satan and the 70 returned with joy saying lord even the demons are subject to us in your name and he said to them i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven adonibezek the god of lightning had been ruling with 70 kings eating scraps under his table he says it's i saw satan falling like lightning and we should also be able to see the old man in me falling like lightning he has fallen and we understand behold i give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you why because we are children of the covenant we don't eat scraps we sit at the table with the king and he has put powers and rulers and principalities and dominion under our feet under our feet it doesn't matter how good and successful you are out in the world if you are a slave of sin you are still a slave you are still a slave and god doesn't have slaves he only sons sons reign sons reign slaves serve so whatever you serve you are a slave of it and that's what god is talking about so the first is awakening okay that's why he says don't rejoice in this don't rejoice in it that spirits are subject you would rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven the minute our names are written in heaven you know what we became children of god we became sons and daughters of god we became children of the covenant we no longer eat scraps we no longer eat scraps we sit at the table feast at the lord's table and we are clothed in power and we understand you know what we cut off we put away the old man you know we put away the why it has to be a conscious and i'm telling you again and again and again i'll come to that at the end of the day rome but to do all this you have only 24 hours a day 24 hours a day redeem your time redeem your time and to all my pastors who wrote today i understand i only send a few to my wife but all of them seems to be the same thing go back and put your home right put your home right <clears throat> it seems to be struggling in your homes in your relationships in your homes put it right 
put it right. You cannot win otherwise. To the man, it's very, very clearly told in the book of Peter. Absolutely clear in the Peter that you don't put your this thing with with your wife. He will not listen to your prayers. It's not told to the woman. To the woman, it is very clear. If you don't submit your husband in all things, your prayers are going nowhere. To the men, it is told very clearly that if you don't deal with your wife properly, your prayers will be hindered. So put it right. This is part of your spiritual battle. This is cutting off. This is cutting off the thumbs and the toes, the hand and the feet of Adoni Bezek. You know, he, that's why I said we are not uh, unaware of his wiles. We think he will come with his armor and to fight us. He doesn't. He just subtly sets you up. He knows he takes a pastor and he says, he just had to set him up at home. And he's finished. He's finished. His brides are no going anywhere. He's going nowhere. He just set up. That is what you're talking about. The enemy is spiritual. Enemy is spiritual. And if the enemy is spiritual, we need to not need to understand how does this enemy react. Simple thing. Check your relationship. Your relationship with God and your relationship with your neighbor. Check these two things. That's where you will set you up. The devil is not going to come up with your rocks and lightning bolt. and He's not going to do any of those things because he knows the battle is real. And he knows the word of God very well. That's what he told Israel. That's what he told Balaam. Mm, not Balaam, the king. Mm. What is the guy's name who hired Balaam? Balak. Yeah, Balak. What he told Balak. You know what? You can't do anything to them because they are undercover. They are God's people. But you can get God to go against them. All they have to do is go against their God. Their God will do it. And the devil knows that. You know what he does? He doesn't come against us. He causes us to go against God. That's why he uses temptation. That's why Jesus said, lead me not into temptation. What is the entire objective and the end of temptation? It causes us to go against our own God. Either we completely disobeyed him or we subtracted. What did they do? They subtracted. And they will come back. We defeated the Canaanites and the Perisites. See, we brought the king over here. That's what God Samuel did to Saul. What is this sound I hear? You know, your kingdom has been taken away from you. But didn't he win a battle? Can you imagine that you've been a battle and you lose the war? And how did you... Are your enemies defeated? Yes. But how did they lose the war? Because you did not fully obey your God. What did God say? Very clearly. Destroy completely. And you've been given the power to destroy. God is with you and is giving you the power to destroy. But you will not use that power to destroy. And that's what the Bible says about grace. Grace is the power of God to destroy. You know? Think about a situation. Think about, let us say... Think about the old man inside. And each day in the power of grace, you destroy the old man. Each day, one day. It's not that you can destroy him. Each day you have to destroy him. Once you destroy the old man, you know what? The devil has no grip over you. You cut his hands and feet off. That's what the Bible says. The ruler of this world has come. He could not find a hold on you. Now you go to Ephesians 4 and verse 21. Yeah? What does it say? Right? Yeah, 27. Nor give place. The devil had no hold. Not even a foothold. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give a devil a foothold. And we have to be careful about these things. Every day it will come like a wave of temptations will come. 
and we have to fight it. And when you win it, you will say, you know what? Today the devil got it, did not get, he could not, his, I cut his thumb off, I cut his toes off. He did not get a foothold in my life, he couldn't grab any part of my life. Today he took me in triumph. And one day, one day at a time you take it, you know what happens? You overcome. And then what happens? Overcoming becomes the habit. It becomes the habit. That's what the Bible says, he takes us in triumph yeah corinthians 2 14 he takes i love that verse you know because you have to look into these verses and you have to meditate upon these verses believe in the verses saying that you know don't say it is not possible if it is written it is possible now thanks be to god who always leads us he leads us that means we follow leads us in triumph in christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place Love it. Always in every place. And this is a believer's history. Has to be the history. We have to move. 2021 is the year of stretching. Stretching. Somebody also I told today in the morning. He's going to stretch you. He's going to stretch, stretch you in your homes. Married people, he's going to stretch you in your homes. You know, in Corinthians chapter 2, uh, chapter 5, you know, where he talks about the weapons that we uh, yeah, ten. Uh, look at that. I like the last part of it. Are not casting them. Go to three onwards. No? Yeah. For we do not war according to the flesh. Please remember that. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. I like the next one. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Whenever obedience is complete, then triumph and victory becomes the way of life. Any slight sign of disobedience, you are able to discern. Earlier you are looking for signs of obedience. Now it's the other way around. Victory has become the habit and you are looking into your life. And a little sign of from action, you have moved to thoughts. Action is taken care of. The thoughts from thoughts, you have going into intents. From intents, you're going into the realm of the attitude, the spirit. You know what happens? You're starting to worship God in the spirit and in truth. And God says, that's what I was looking for. That I was looking for. You are a true worshiper. Okay. And that's what the Bible is talking about. Once we have won this victory, God says, you're part of the Joel army. And God doesn't need numbers then. 300 is enough for Gideon. Okay, Odds are 1 to 450. Odds of 1 to 450. But odds mean nothing. Mean nothing. The odds mean nothing. Okay? It does not matter. Even if it is one to thousand, one to ten thousand, odds mean nothing because you have been framed in God. And God will take you in triumph. And we have to come back to that. We have to come back to that. And we are to come back to. So this morning we will pray. Yeah? We will pray. What's